0: Igawarra acknowledges the traditional owners of the land upon which we record, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation,
1: and the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation.
0: We pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Get down,
1: get down.
0: It's Good evening, everybody. I am Good Brother,
1: and I'm Little Silky,
0: and welcome to Igawarra. The show where we deliver objectively true film reviews. Start the timer for me, Tom.
1: Anything said over the next 60 minutes will stand up in a court of law and any argument you find yourself in with a film student.
0: These reviews are non-negotiable,
1: non-refundable, and non So,
0: let's talk about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone.
1: Edgy. Edgy call right there. Released on the 4th of November 2001, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, also known by its American release title, Harry Potter and Every Famous British Actor You Know Except Hugh Grant, was the first film of the wildly successful Harry Potter series. The film was produced on a $125 million budget, grossed $974 million on its first global release and $1.002 billion combined with subsequent re-releases. The film clocks in with a run time of 152 minutes and launch one of the biggest franchises ever straight into the stratosphere.
0: Beautifully put. Um, the reason I chose Sorcerer's Stone is because the one we watched was Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. I'm not endorsing the idea of a Sorcerer's Stone in any way. I'm just trying to be truth to the, um, the edit of the film we watched.
1: Yeah, let's, let's tackle that controversial topic early on. Um, are we going to so check in with one
0: another first or are we going to...
1: Sorry, let's check in with each other, of course. Hey, girl. I know it's been a while, but
0: I just need to ask you something. How you feeling? Girl, tell me how you feeling. All right, so obviously I'm stressed because my internet's not working. So I'm, I'm, I'm hotspotting here. Ooh, but I think I've got enough data to get through. How are you doing?
1: That's really your whole checkup.
0: Well, I mean, it's pretty annoying. I'm also he's got working a beer on...
1: in hand. He's, <laughs> he's got a his phone. This is a man who, you know, a doer. He solves his problems.
0: Mate, you just crack open a cold beer.
1: Lovely. How are you? Good. Um, on uni break this week, but doesn't mean I'm particularly free, So, yeah, I'm working on... I've been meeting actors this week uh, for my upcoming film, um, which is a fun process. Um, But, yeah, so uni doesn't stop. The grind is continuous, basically.
0: All right, let's get stuck into it.
1: Okay, let's immediately address the first thing, which was the Sorcerer's Stone. So, apparently... Pretty simple trivia, you've probably heard this, but it was changed from the Philosopher's Stone to the Sorcerer's Stone for the United States market because they thought children wouldn't be interested in reading about something with a philosopher, which is wrong because obviously, as shown by Aristotle's continued entries on the New York Times children's bestseller list, so joke's on you, Warner Brothers. Um it, was, also it released was a book as
0: thing a... first, not a... Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't... Exactly. But, so everyone you know. in America was familiar with the Sorcerer's Stone anyway.
1: Yeah. And it was also released in India as the Sorcerer's Stone. So, a little bit of trivia. Interesting. Um, which brings us to the real question. Why isn't it called Harry Potter and the Alchemist Stone? Because um, Old Mate is referred to Nicholas Flamel. Nicholas Flamel T-shirt is referred to... <laughs> Sorry, let's cut that. Nicholas Flamel is is referred to as a alchemist, and I feel like that's interesting enough as is. Do you agree?
0: I do. I want to get second to Nicholas Flamel straight away because we're just going to get like into deep combo. Everyone's seen this movie. We don't really need to give you some much context about it. Um, and we've it's funny because we both sat down to watch this and had. I, th- I think you yeah, had the same experience where yeah. I was ridiculously surprised how many times I much have, must have watched this when I was like seven years yeah. old because is, I remembered every scene and all the film. dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's been like a very long time since I watched it. Yeah, and it's funny because I know that we both walk around sometimes going,
1: "Thanks," and, and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is, it's <laughs> quote in the film. <laughs> it's interesting when you watch a children's movie and you forget that that is a quote that is seeped into your vernacular. Because I was very excited to say "Thanks, the other one, of course is no post on Sundays, not a bloody not a letter, bloody letter, I, yep um,
0: I always think about when he's he's looking at at the ones,
1: and he goes, "I wonder <laughs> perhaps <laughs> yes, very my brother
0: my brother seemed to remember this scene, our brother as as him saying what, what did he say perhaps, and then he went, "So many boxes." <laughs> Yes. Which isn't actually in the film, unfortunately.
1: But yeah, so it is a very familiar film, which is kind of going to... Like, it's an interesting thing because it's it's a classic, basically. And I think it deserves to be. I'm immediately going to come out and say that. I think, I think it's really well done. Um, I think, especially talking franchise, like, there aren't many... Like, Harry Potter still stands out on its own as, like, the book series and as the movies. Like... They're both really legit. And what are you going to compare it to? Like Hunger Games, which... Um, I
0: feel like every other like series, young, this isn't even young adult, I guess, but all those kind of movie series, everyone they've all petered out kind of by like the third film, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Harry Potter had like eight films and all of the time there was hype. But like I never en- ended up seeing like the last Hunger Games and stuff like that. And I feel like every time they boot up something like this, they never really get as far, and Harry Potter's probably the only one that really did it super successfully the whole way.
1: Yeah, um, so it's actually an interesting thing, thinking about this film as exclusively as a film, because basically, like, a glass shattering moment for me this year was when we were talking about film production and about what films get made, right? Um, Basically, every blockbuster you see will have come from a pre-existing medium. It will be based on a book, it will be based on a video game, it will be based on a stage play or a musical. Like, it's so surprising how few um, completely new entities there are that are made as films. And like, I don't know, Harry Potter obviously had such a significant impact on the on the film market and even the, um, like, sort of the merchandise world. I feel like it was really important. It was, like, the next step from Star Wars. Not saying it, like, beats Star Wars, it being the merchandise franchise, but Harry Potter is one of the significant contributors to that, right?
0: Yeah, and I just remember thinking it was the best thing ever when it came out. I think I was... It came out in 2001, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I would would have been six. And I remember, like, that came out and Lord of the Rings came out. I remember, like, Lord of the Rings was, like, the serious one for adults and, like, Harry Potter was the one for kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, I felt like Harry Potter was for me. I remember watching it at sleepovers.
1: Is that because you were a kid as opposed to an adult?
0: I was a very mature six-year-old.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> Look, I watched Lord of the Rings. It wasn't always cracked up to it. It
0: was around the same time I first watched Boogie Nights as well. But yeah. I think that Harry Potter had this... It really tapped it into the, the... It spoke to me. It had the edge of the you. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights played it a bit safe.
1: Yeah. That was a question that I was going to leave to a bit later. What does Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone look like if it's made by Paul Thomas Anderson?
0: (laughs) Well, I I think this is a funny question um, because I think... I feel like we're going to watch more of these for the, the pod just because the it depends. Maybe maybe this episode will be very boring, but I think that it will be f- kind of fun to jump around and do them every now and then when we feel like it. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of did like a letterbox dive and it's interesting looking at who directed each of the Harry Potters. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this was directed by Christopher Cross, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm, let me look up what he's Chris, done. Uh, I think
1: you are mistaken. It is Christopher Columbus. Christopher Chris Columbus. Columbus. Okay. Sorry which brings up another interesting trivia fact for you. Ready? So, mm-hmm. the producer of the film, executive producer, was Mark Radcliffe. I saw it and I said, does he know Danny Boy? He is not related um, and he is known for producing Harry Potter 1, Harry Potter 3 and Pixels. Hold that thought. Who Pixels? directed Pixels? <laughs> who directed Pixels? Chris Columbus, who was the director and the producer. Sorry, um, this is- so, that's... Very yeah. important trivia, um, and basically, I think like I'm willing to say like if we don't have Harry Potter, do we not get pixels?
0: I would hate to think of a word where we didn't get pixels. So like looking at this, this came out in two thousand and one. The next Harry Potter came out in two thousand and two, also directed by Chris. Fo- Chris, man, that second one is hundred sixty minutes. Yikes!
1: Really, jeez. Um, that's that's like eight minutes longer than this film. So wow. he got kicked. That's- he got
0: kicked off. He directed Rent. He, directed he didn't I'd get Love...
1: kicked off, apparently. Oh, what him. Look, I've done the, the deep dive. He And by deep dive, I mean 10 minutes of research. He showed up to number three fatigued and then he produced it instead.
0: But interesting because number three is arguably the, the most point. legit... It Has the most legit director being Alfonso Cuaron. Who is also known for. Who has directed some of my... One of my probably favorite films, Children of Men, which is fantastic, um, obviously directed like Roma and Gravity as well. It's his
1: first film, isn't it, as well?
0: That he directed? No.
1: Okay. scrap no that. Sir.
0: <laughs> Imagine if the first film you directed was Harry Potter.
1: Number three. Yeah. Anyway, anyway we're kind of so jumping run all over that, the place, but it's yeah, interesting. The, the, run, <laughs> the run that Christopher... So, basically, I suppose what comes up is that because it's such a famous book franchise and because it's so solidified... It's like we start looking at it like what could have been because the the legacy sessions start coming out. First of all, do you think that this film could have flopped if it wasn't cast correctly?
0: Um, maybe I don't know. I haven't been that in watched too many films with child actors lately, so I can't like
1: comment. Well, yeah, on that's the not the even what spectrum. like that wasn't even where I was getting at. I suppose because like the, the kids... Adults, you mean. Yeah, the kids are obviously amazing, right? Like, we can just agree on that, that everyone nails their role. Um, like, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, uh, Dudley is Dudley's really good. <laughs> um, makes you want to punch him in the face. Awesome. But you know what's funny yeah, about watching it
0: now is the fact that you simultaneously see them as adults and kids. Like, you look at them, and you, th- but then in your head, they're like an adult because you know what they are as an adult as well because you just so familiar with them, I don't know, it's very funny
1: yeah that's true Um, and it's I guess an interesting thing that's like would you want to be in like one of the biggest film franchises ever because you're forever going to be that character like the person who's sort of most successfully broken away from that is Emma Watson um, known for starring in uh, Bling Bling Ring (laughs) of course and yeah that little it? women little women what's it um, uh,
0: she was beauty of the beast I, I don't know but it's she like was. It.
1: that's mm. wow that's the mega franchise run though like surely she's getting that on the back of harry potter a little bit
0: beauty and the beast
1: yeah so when i rewatched these r- more recently i remember thinking that emma watson overplays hermione
0: i think i remember um, having this conversation with you that she yeah, gets good but, around the third film or something like that
1: yeah because as a kid <laughs> she's very like i don't dun, dun, Fun. Like, very, like, punchy delivery. But I have to say, rewatching watching it, I was very impressed. I think she nails it. Um, maybe it's film two or three or something. There is a little bit of a corny Hermione phase from memory, but she's really good in this film, right?
0: I think that she took on a lot of emotional responsibility out of the three actors, maybe, <laughs> and felt like she had to give <laughs> this the proper performances or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so... Because Rupert Grint, trivia. just like the, ends, is, he
0: pulls faces like for eight films, he doesn't really do anything apart from pull faces. Rupert
1: Rupert Grint is like permanently just that face from epi, uh, episode one. two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the spider like, face, isn't it? Oh, even the in the, the, the car when they oh when the car that's what it, the meme. Yeah,
0: yeah, sorry, that's what I was thinking. Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah. Um, so the two listen to the two differences here. And, like, this is going to be a pod that's full of trivia because, like, as I was trying to get to before, like, it's a film that's so famous that it's about the what-ifs almost. You know what I mean? Like, it is such a machine that it's entertaining to think think about what it could have been. Um, and so then it's, like, a little bit interesting to think about, could it would it have been the same thing without the perfect cast-in? And we can talk more about the cast-in that nailed it as well. But anyway, so, Rupert Grint, he was cast because he saw a news round report about the open cast-in. He sent a video of himself rapping about how he wished to receive the part and his attempt caught the attention for a meeting. So, a few things. First of all, like, that's really good. Good for him. Very cool. Very 90s to do a rapping thing and get in. I suppose the uh, rapping genre wouldn't lend itself to stealing a role like that today. You'd be sending trap beats and stuff like that. Secondly, they did open casting. Like, do you know how... Intense that would have been. They would have received thousands of tapes. They would have watched three seconds of a person and being like, "No thanks. No thanks. No thanks." It's like that is but a massive like task to take.
0: I feel like you have to, um, mm. because it's such a big thing, though. Like you've got to th- oh, consider every angle. It's not like there's many, a whole lot of child stars who kind of carry on and like can do an eight film thing or whatever. So it's like mm. a huge responsibility to pick like eight kids to commit to it and like pull it off i guess
1: well daniel radcliffe's family weren't interested in him becoming such a celebrity so they weren't initially keen on him but then the director old mate chris saw him in a production and wanted to have him so that's that's not so open casting there interesting obviously they would have still done the open casting but and then anyway so contrastingly emma watson uh, Watson's Oxford theatre teacher passed her name on to casting agents so it's like that's pretty cool that the um, the open casting led to such diverse cari- like backgrounds for that like Harry and Emma being you know on track and then Rupert who knows where he came from come through with the <laughs> facial expressions so nice little uh, W for Rupert Grint he really grounds
0: um, the production as well
1: yeah like he just Adds a bit of grit to it, <laughs> a bit of bit of Queen's Boulevard that wasn't there without him.
0: <laughs> Working class hero.
1: Yeah. So some other cast-in interesting things. Uh, Robin Williams was considered for Hagrid, but uh, J.K. Rowling had Oh, my God, had can a, you imagine that? That's hilarious. Had a sh- he had a sh- she had a strict everyone's got to be British rule, except for the foreigners later on. <laughs> the foreigners? Well, you <laughs> know, like... People Harry who aren't Potter British. Four. Who's who's yeah. not
0: British? Aren't they all British?
1: The other schools, the Russians oh, the, and the... right. The so, like,
0: foreigners in, in Harry Potter, foreigners. Yeah. I mean, it's a good touch that there's no Americans, for sure. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about... We're obviously talking about casting, but I want to kind of look forward again as well. Um, I think that this... The first couple of Harry Potters are really good. Car- Casting-wise, they're pretty much all... Um, perfect. Perfect. And then it's not... What I really like about the early ones is they're not full of people trying to outact each other. Like, I feel like mm. when you get to the later Harry Potters, you've got all these famous actors just, like, really hamming it up. And it just kind of ruins a lot of characters. Like, if yeah. you're familiar with the books, that is. And it gets a bit mm. corny. Like, I think the closest to that is... um, What's his name? Uh, I feel terrible for forgetting his name. The guy who plays Snape. What's his name? Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. So, like, he really hams it up in this. But it's, like, really good. Oh, um, he's
1: perfect. I don't think, like, he like he's allowed to do that in the story as well, though. Like, Yeah, but I just mean, like, w- true to it, the character. It's,
0: it starts off okay, and then you get to, like, the fifth one, and there's all these extra characters who are someone famous, and they're all hamming up at the same time, and it's just, like, tiring to watch. Like, yeah. they just ruin okay. the characters. At least yeah. that's what um, I felt.
1: If we're talking future castings, like, I'm so irked that Sirius is... Um, Gary Oldman like that's just mm. so wrong to me like they chose an old man to be Harry's cool uncle the the casting choice that I have permanently had in my head is Aragon from Lord of the Rings
0: what's his name uh
1: he he has a it's like Vin- uh, Viggo Mortensen yeah what he um, looks no, nothing agree. like this in his he looks in nothing his, like in like his yeah normal photo <laughs> anyway I feel like he needed to be a younger more virile <laughs> serious basically. But yeah. So
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like there's something about the first two films that are like very pure and not too much and then kind of after that you get a bit iffy results, I think. Um and the the funny thing is and we'll probably talk about this at another point, but like like the third one was the first one I watched when I was younger that I didn't think was that good. Mm, but I think the yes, third one is thought- the one that's like
1: I thought we'd done the revisionist history on that because, like, I don't remember liking number three that much.
0: Well, no, but we like it now because we know that it's a good director, but I just think. And there's, like,
1: actually filmic things going on in it. Like. Well,
0: yeah, because we watched. There's a Nerdwriter video about it. Um,
1: Thanks, Nerdwriter. It's my. Tom and I yeah, Um, and that's just a key part of the podcast at the end of the day
0: isn't that what Instagram is all about yeah but the first two are just like pure and like very childlike and that's what's really good about them
1: one and two feels like you're at a theme park ride like it first of all like that's a huge credit to the set design that it's a very immersive world like it feels like you're in on a roller coaster ride, watching it all, because like the the cinematography is not particularly um, attention grabbing. There are a bunch of dollies and stuff which I love to see. A few few Dutch tilts, which I don't love to see, but I suppose they work in a in a goofy movie. Um, the goofy like, movie. Oh, you know, like a fun. Who directed the goofy more movie? Fun movie? Sorry.
0: Who directed the goofy movie?
1: I didn't mean the Goofy movie oh sorry (laughs) I meant this I heard the Goofy movie
0: did open casting
1: (laughs) anyway so this this film feels like a theme park ride like it's so uh, I think it's the lighting, it's the sound, it's everything it feels like a very immersive, like it's taking kids along for the ride in the best possible way and then the later ones try to be more filmic and more epic and more scenes and stuff like that Um,
0: but they have to be Um, Because the the material gets more serious as well Yeah And this one's like Funny I like to watch it and think about I imagine like JK Rowling like writing it And like um, The kind of The the stuff that doesn't That is less important You know what I mean It's funny to watch the first one And see what stuff is like important And what stuff isn't important As the actual Kind of books get along Hmm. Um, And like This one it's funny Like Quirrell is like the the Most non villain ever, like he's not even how uniconic is he and the actor, like who's that actor? And he's just his the guy name with is the most Ian Hart, what's he? Because what's he? Yeah. He, he has like the most plain role and the most plain face ever, and it's, like he, it's he, such he's a he's lame not even like a part of the film. Isn't
1: it? Yeah, Ian Hart, not to be confused with his brother Joof, um, he was actually. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I've been wanting to slip that into the pod. Oh, that was well done. <laughs> um, keep going. So, it wasn't I feel like someone everyone's gonna listen to be like really anyway um I'm glad you laughed. so apparently David tholess was considered for it, who you may recognize as Remus Lupin who is uh, also
0: the scariest motherfucker alive in everything he's exactly. been in recently
1: <laughs> he should have like he would have been a fantastic Harry Potter villain, don't you reckon
0: Hmm. he's not a i don't I don't love him as a lupin he's not he's not it, warm enough, and then you watch him in like uh, whatever we watched last week I'm thinking of anything Things Or like Fargo And he's like the scariest person ever Yes
1: He would have been a fantastic mm-hmm. villain um, But then like I feel like Quirrell was always held back By the fact that he needs to stutter <laughs> You know It's just like Isn't that just I feel like, like it,
0: that's, that's big like first book energy I think You know
1: <laughs> Yeah Who would suspect st- st- Stuttering <laughs> Quirrell <laughs> Oh that's so lame <laughs> <laughs> It is like a children's novel at the start, and then the series like really does get up, like get going, right? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it, the world know, creation is really good. So. At least
0: she starts with the whole, um, the whole love is the answer thing in book one, so it doesn't feel like a plot twist when it's the solution to everything at the end.
1: Yeah, it's like. I think it comes up more later, but I think they reference it. But it's like the fact that Harry survived because his mother loved him is just quite weak.
0: Unfortunately, JK Rowling's not really carrying that energy around at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Love is not everything, apparently. Love is not everything anymore. <laughs> or only to but people that, you know, people she thinks it should apply to. But. Yes. Um, but yeah. Anyway, speaking of
0: cruel, <laughs> I can't help but remember. Like, this is the thing. Like, I watch this film and I think about all the Lego sets we had and all this <laughs> stuff like that. It-
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I'm not... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's one of the first movies... I'm not, I don't feel like I'm an insanely nostalgic person, but there's something about this one that it's like, I can't help but not remember everything about... Yeah. You can't help but remember I, like all the context there in it when I was a kid. And like, so I remember the queer Lego, Lego piece. Everyone should look this up because it was one of the coolest ones because he had a face printed on the front and the face printed on the back. And that was a big deal back.
1: back then. That's since become more common just to, for the Lego aficionados. We hear you. We know you're... Itching to tell us that. Go ahead. Double sided torso. <laughs> Do you, well, remember the you, should, you should clarify a that you
0: are a, you are a Lego aficionado yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Game uh, time studios, have, look it up on YouTube for some uh, stop motion uh, Lego animation. Yes,
1: amazing. Um have you seen those Lego sets since? They are like nowhere near as epic as you remember. <laughs> like I'm not saying they weren't good, but like some of the complexity of the new stuff is crazy. And then like like the I don't know. The ca- We had the castle, basically. That's what we're trying to say.
0: We have we Maybe we didn't have the train, but at least I knew someone with the train. We so had like, the train. I, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: It so was a big good. thing. Anyway. And Hermione's face in the Lego is really weird. I don't know if you remember. She looks more like Jennifer Gardner <laughs> than Emma Watson, the child. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she has like lips, like adult <laughs> lips or something.
1: It's just unfortunate, really. So, jump around a bit more. Chris, Chris Columbus... He's run before this was, he was a writer of The Goonies in 1985. He, sorry, yes, a writer of Gremlins in 84, Goonies in 85, uh, directed Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Mrs. Doubtfire, Stepmum in 1998, which never heard of personally, but I'm sure it's good. Um, and, and then he goes into Harry Potter 1 and 2. Like, that's a pretty epic... That's a pretty good run, yeah. ...run. Um, the other it's not people so flash being, afterwards. Well, uh, excuse me. Can't help but help to remind you that uh, Chris Columbus, director of Pixels... The other people in consideration were, of course, Steven Spielberg, who they wanted, but he declined the offer. So, this is quite an interesting uh, thing... Uh, Spielberg reportedly wanted the adaptation to be an animated film with American actor Hayley Joel Osment to provide do you Harry know who Potter's that is? voice. He, do you?
0: Yeah, yeah. He's like sixth sense and all that sort of stuff. And he like pops up in a whole bunch of stuff and he was on the podcast I was listening to lately. So he's like.
1: He's, he's coming on the podcast.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what are you
1: trying- um, and so he said, quote, uh, in in his opinion, it was, like, shooting ducks in a barrel. It's just a slam dunk. It's just, like, withdrawing a billion dollars and putting it into your personal <laughs> bank accounts. There's no challenge. Like, that seems... I didn't realize Steven Spielberg was a jerk for five minutes there, but that is, like, terrible. But
0: Steven Spielberg anyway. is, like, at some point in the 80s, established, like, having, like, that name and then can just write off that forever. Like... Mm. What's the last Spielberg film that's come out where you've, you know, been hyped for?
1: Well, I'm not, like, super trained on my Steven Spielberg, to be honest. But, like, for Jurassic Park alone, I forgive him for... I mean, he's obviously got,
0: like, enough classics. You know what I mean? For sure.
1: Yeah. I feel like Jurassic Park is honestly one of the best, um, like, blockbusters. Anyway. Common denominator, of course, John Williams, The Goat. So... The music in Harry Potter is obviously just amazing. Like, it really takes you to a place and another world and all that stuff. Like, fantastic, right? Got to acknowledge yep. that, that theme.
0: Absolutely, yep.
1: So, another interesting casting thing, back to Alan Rickman. Tim Roth was the original choice, but he turned it down. So, first let's address Tim Ross. Tim Ross is the American with what I've heard criticized as one of the worst accents in Reservoir Dogs but I'm sure he's in other things too in fact do you know what he was in instead of Harry Potter what Tim Roth turned it down to star in Planet of the Apes directed by Tim Burton released in 2001 starring Mark Wahlberg Helena Bonham Carter and Paul Giamatti have you ever heard of this film have you ever heard of this film
0: Tim Burton has directed so much stuff. This is the thing, the problem with, this is my problem with the industry, is the fact that they give they give every, like every director who's hot for a minute gets like a shot at one of these things. And like, you know, yeah. Tim Burton's directed this. He directed like Batman, which I think I haven't seen the Batmans in a long it's time, a but I, they're pretty yeah. good, I think. Um, but I don't know, like I just, imagine getting to that point as a director where you just like jump on these adaptations and shit like that. I just think that's pretty lame. I you think know? it
1: was a bigger thing in the past, at least though, like, because films, we're now in the Marvel era, basically. Like, there's everything who's else in Marvel, Marvel. Marvel
0: films. Who's famous? Who who like? There's like a no, few
1: interesting people. They no, but they're like, not
0: like blockbuster people. They're not people who are like established. Um, beforehand, beforehand, yeah. Well, I just they? don't
1: think that culture exists the same. I think it was a very 80s and 90s thing. Um, yeah, 80s and 90s was an interesting time in the industry because that was when, like, commercialization really took off and merchandising and all that stuff. Um, so I think for a while there, they were just trying to bank on people's directors' names, which is interesting because, like, do you think of these directors as, like, auteurs? Like, I know that Tim, Tim Burton's got a reputation as an auteur. But, Definitely like,
0: Chris Columbus.
1: Well, auteur. just look at Pixels. <laughs> Anyway. A
0: man with a vision. Have you seen anyway, so, it because it's an Adam film? I haven't film. even seen it. I seen it
1: <laughs> yeah. So, this Planet of the Apes film made $362 million on an $100 million budget and didn't get a sequel. It didn't even flop. It, it just... That's insane.
0: And Mark Wahlberg was...
1: Mark Wahlberg. The
0: star of a Planet of the Apes that made almost $400 million. That's unreal. I feel like
1: Mark... It... I think movies have changed a bit. Like, you have to work... You have to be a little bit better to make a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like Nowadays? Yeah. I think that a lot of films just got seen a lot of times in the... Before... But is that even
0: true? Because if you're talking about the Marvel machine, it's like they don't necessarily need to be better.
1: Yeah, but what even versus the Marvel machine? And at least, like, the Marvel machine has, like... The Marvel machine, praise, it has, like, amazing set design amazing like they do really well on the music um the special effects are the best right um apparently there's this thing uh so we were talking to um a guy who works at ari which is like one of the biggest film companies they made the the film camera that we shot on and you know like the alexa the amira all of the biggest cameras right
0: staples of the film industry
1: yes yes um classic film company and he was say and someone was like who shoots on prores 444 which is like the biggest file format right mm-hmm. it's like the highest definition most bit depth and color information all that kind of stuff and he's like no no one does except for marvel like <laughs> no one can afford the the space the um lack of compression like they so they edit their films and then they make master cuts Without any grading or anything applied, just with the the sequences in order, and then they back that up, and like no one else can afford that level of um, data, information, and stuff like that, and so, like that point can mean a few things, but basically what it means is that like Marvel is the yeah, only one that's Marvel is Marvel, and no one else is Marvel, basically.
0: It's a shame. I don't know. I mean this makes me think about the CG and the the effects in this film which I think are like really good. Yes, you I wanted to it? say
1: that too. Yeah. So I I remember like kind of laughing at the CG on recent watches but like they're I don't know they're really good. Like they're so like if you start watching films that were from the 2000s that you remember but you didn't, you know, not in your recent memory, they will age really poorly. Like um I know it's not quite the same, but the film 2012, like, mm-hmm. the special effects were praised for being really good. And if you watch them, they're just terrible. And it made, like, heaps of money. And it's really bad. But, like, the the special effects in this film, like, they've got all the right principles going on. They've got the shading going on, the, um, like, af- being affected by light sources and stuff like that. The gravity is a little off. Like, some, something plummets, which I think it was...
0: It's Neville. Is it Neville yeah. falling out of yeah.
1: the sky? <laughs> ne- <laughs> but Neville, like, it's not their fault. Neville falls at, what is it, 19.6 uh, meters per second per second rather than the normal 9.8 meters per second per second. So, it's actually accurate. I'm sure they run the simulations. But the Quidditch scenes are really well done, right?
0: Yeah, but even those scenes where there's, like, Harry and stuff flying through the air, like, on the troll and stuff, it's like... It still looks like it looks animated, but it doesn't look like bad animated. I don't really know how to describe it, but it doesn't look like. The
1: troll looks pretty good, I reckon.
0: The, no, but uh, I mean, like it, it's more like the people, like when they're animating, like a kid flying through the air, that yeah. it looks CG like. But it it didn't ever look so bad that I was like, "This is bad," you know what I mean? But mm. and, it, and you know, obviously they do like most of the um, char- you know, fantasy characters like in practical effects, which is obviously really good. Mm. A better way to do it. Like, do you think all the goblins at Gringotts would be animated today? Probably.
1: Yeah. I. Well. And they I look sick. We're at an interesting point as well because The Hobbit kind of copped a lot of shit for doing everything digital, right? As mm. opposed to Lord of the Rings.
0: But um, And then, like, we're going back now because um, the Star Wars films were a lot of practical effects, right? If I'm not mistaken.
1: The original ones. Like, re- yeah. None
0: of the recent ones, weren't they? Oh, uh, you mean Force I Awakens that- and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was like, uh Attack of the Clones, like it's interesting. I think it was more of a statement to go digital in those in the early two thousands. Like it was sort of visionary, you know? Um mm-hmm. we've sorta of settled down into like a medium that's like, look, there are some things that should just be practical and there's obviously like I think we wouldn't even see the like we don't even see the special effects in the Marvel movies anymore. You wouldn't really know when they're happening.
0: But you know? I don't know, I feel like you get to like in Endgame that whole last bit, that whole fight, it's so much CG that it's like, I don't know, it just kind of ruins it for me. Um, and It's not as bad, it's worse than DC films, uh, like yeah. I remember the end of like Batman, Superman or whatever. It, it's just like so much CG that you're like exhausted by it. But I, I don't know, I, I, I like with these films where there's a little bit less, you know what I mean? Mm.
1: Mm. Well, I think because it also goes against sort of like cinematography, at some level like if you're Hmm. writing in your script like i don't know giant lightning bolts strike down as hundreds of millions of aliens run at each other like once you once you get to those levels like you can't shoot them in super interesting ways like they become less immersive because you're they're not real right yeah like if you're doing cool cinematography With fake stuff, it's still just a little bit less interesting than it would be if it was real, right?
0: But I don't think I just don't think that people want to watch. I mean, obviously they do want to watch, but in the scheme of things, I don't think think I want to watch. I I mean, I don't think people really want to watch like twenty minutes straight of CG, though. I think it's things like this illustrate how using it a little bit less is is really effective. I guess.
1: Well, I actually think that is a key part of why the world seems so visitable. You know mm.
0: yeah, like, and that's what I mean. It's like they build all the sets and like um, diagonally and stuff like that. Um, and it's I don't know. it's well, like it's so immersive. Like you, you could imagine like you...
1: go into Gringotts, right?
0: And you feel like you can yeah, you can touch everything. You know.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I just don't like James Cameron. man <laughs> Why does that come up? <laughs> because he's the CG man. He's he's responsible for Avatar, which is really good. But I don't is, know. when's the last time you watched Avatar? Straight bullet, but...
0: <laughs> it's not like it's a, new, a hot take to
1: dis-Avatar nowadays, but... Yeah, um, good point. Yeah, but it yeah, I think it's a, a, definitely a writing consideration. It's why I've always liked Spider-Man more. Um, I think Spider-Man is a really good character because he's based in reality, right?
0: Yeah, yep. Just What's like that got wisdom. to do
1: with Harry Potter? Let me tell you what it's got to do with Harry Potter. Spider-Man 2 received 4 out of 4 from Roger Ebert. Infamously.
0: Really? What did you I give this? That's
1: four out of four. Harry Potter. Four out of four from Roger Ebert.
0: Thoughts? Do I my thoughts on the film or my thoughts on Roger Ebert?
1: <laughs> the Roger Ebert thing.
0: I mean, what I like about Roger Ebert, and I don't know anything <laughs> about him beyond Googling a film and seeing his name pop up, I just like when there's like a really high rating that kind of pops up out of nowhere. He seems like
1: Not so I pretentious.
0: Li- I like reviewers that are that are people. Um versus like a publication or something where you don't know if you can really trust the review or something like that. But Roger Ebert has such a weird spectrum of like whatever film I seem to be watching that I just, I go, yeah, he's a real person. That's how he felt about the film.
1: He has passed away. I'm not sure if you're aware, but...
0: Very sad. When did he pass away?
1: Five years ago, maybe. Okay. But his company still runs. the RogerEbert.com. There you go. Yeah, so talking about CG, I think that... There would have been some really funny film, really funny scenes to film on this movie. Um, notably, the Quidditch scene, Harry's first game and only game in the film, when he's just like hovering there. First of all, he's like got to be like, he's like the guy on the basketball court, the, <laughs> that can't shoot threes and no one guards him. Like he's just on his own island watching the game happen, just yeah. looking at. Everything going on. And he's celebrated. Like, sh-
0: and it's like, dude, do your job.
1: <laughs> Surely the coaches are... I don't know. Do they even have a coach? Just the I captain. Guess Oliver like, Wood's
0: the coach, yeah.
1: Who's like 16. And he's an authoritarian figure. Authoritative got, figure. Yeah. Um, he's
0: got that energy though. Oliver Wood. Yeah.
1: He's a good man. I like him. Um, And the, yeah, so Harry... Like those scenes, it's just literally Harry just looking at things going on below and reacting. Just, yeah. Anyway, he, well, they didn't deserve to win that game.
0: This is kind of related. But I, what I found amusing about this film is watching the way that adults treated children who were 11, <laughs> which is just the funniest thing to me. Because w- when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, of course, Snape's been a dick to Harry. But it's like, Harry's 11 years old. What the fuck? <laughs> like, and when you look at it through that lens, it's just like so much funnier. Like, Yeah. Imagine um, being that... Yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I feel like... It's sort of funny because you said that Alan Rickman hams it up, but like I feel like theatre teachers from memory were a little bit weirder. So like you can I still think he's believable as like hating you because if anyone was gonna hate you, at least in your mind, it was like the person who was over the top sort of. So
0: I really like but it's like the thing that goes comes to my head is like the scene of when he first walks into potions class and he like fucking sprints through the door and he's like (laughs) and it's this Really, really funny and like so dramatic, and it's like, why would he? Why would he walk in at that pace?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and they definitely like don't give enough credits to potions as a class. Like, surely potions is a sick class, right?
0: Well, I mean, that's the thing with the film is that they don't do a like. Quirrell doesn't get a get any action. Then do they? Do you do hmm. defenses against dark, uh, dark arts as a first year? Maybe you don't.
1: Yeah, I don't think you do.
0: You read the books recently, didn't you?
1: end of 2018 start of 2019 so yeah pretty recently Um, so this film uh, it sort of actually manages to cover pretty much everything in terms of source material Um, apparently apparently we lose a Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter dueling match really Um, yeah they meet at night and then I think uh, Draco runs away and gets Harry in trouble. I think that's why they go to uh, detention in the first place. Yeah. Okay. He he, oh, he punks him or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He says they'll duel and then he snitches on him or something like that. Mm. Yeah.
1: But yeah, otherwise it pretty much covers everything, and that's because like the book is much thinner than later editions. Obviously, um, I definitely think that that becomes an interesting point in the later film reviews though, like what you cut and what you don't cut, right?
0: Yeah, but that's what I think why the third one, it was kind of like the first one it felt, it's the first film that felt like they cut a lot of stuff
1: and I just felt betrayed mm. as like
0: a 10-year-old.
1: The biggest like dud cut they did was Dobby, I feel like. Dobby in right? the fourth one or what? Dobby has a presence in like the series and but then they just like... In a, the movie, yeah. And then they bring him back in the last one. to kill him. (laughs) Yeah, like, I feel like that's just sort of preying on the book readers rather than the people who actually sort of (laughs) just watched the movies or whatever.
0: But it's funny, like, the one that they actually chose to stretch out is, like, obviously the last one. Um, And that the first, like, I'm not critiquing this as a film, but just in, like, a decision to make. The first half of the last book is a lot of, obviously, she decided that she wanted to do character stuff. So, like to do that rather than like maybe Order of Phoenix or something where there's like so much that actually gets missed missed out, you know, as a double film.
1: It's probably a, um, a really big decision for the executives making a two and a half hour film. That's a children's film. Like that's a lot of time to keep kids interested. Do you reckon?
0: I'm bit, I don't know. Like, I feel like it started this thing for me as a kid where I was okay with watching film. You just knew that all of them had to be that long, you know? Mm. Um, but like nowadays, I do not have like to be f- to be honest. Like I watch, I pause this film. Like I watch this over like three different breaks in, in a day because it's so long. Like yeah, <laughs> I watched some and then I had a nap and then I watched a bit more and then I made dinner and cleaned up and then I watched the rest of it. Like because you know two and a half hours. I mean, that's I, the sort of film where you can actually do that because it's just kind of like little snippets of things happening. You know.
1: Yeah, they are scenes. They're very like. Uh, it, Yeah, like, I don't know, what's the word? Scenarios. They're very much, yeah, you know, scenes extended, scenarios. They're very much Harry reacting to a new stimulus. Like, that's the model of the film. And
0: Harry's such a brave kid. Like, I was nowhere near as brave as that man.
1: Mm, which part stood out to
0: you? I don't know. But it's funny, like, uh, like, I was talking about them being 11 and, like, For example, coming to the conclusion that Snake's going to do all this evil shit when you're like 11. I don't know. That just like is hilarious to me for some reason. And like, (laughs) and also, no one tells Harry anything. Like,
1: they don't. Like, he he draws it himself, the conclusion.
0: Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, and like about his life. Like, he doesn't know anything. And they all know his parents. They all knew what they were like. And they don't like fill him in about anything. They just go, oh, yeah, Voldemort killed him or whatever. Killed them, and that's it. I don't know. Mm. Also, I think it's. There you go. There you go. I was going to talk about Dumbledore, about how this is my, my preferred Dumbledore.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Because, um, you know, the second Dumbledore is kind of a jerk. Um,
0: the classic scene is but, the, did you put the thing in the Goblet of Fire?
1: <laughs> that is, that's hilarious though, isn't it? Like, how yeah. did you miss that? How did you miss the memo? Like, as a director. Um, but yeah, this, this Dumbledore is really like gentle. He's so passive
0: and, and you want to... You want him to be your grandpa, like, he just yeah. chill as.
1: What about, like, the first speech? He's just like, don't go to the third floor unless you want to die or something like that. Mm. And then everyone just eats a bunch of food. I don't know. I love sure. the way
0: Ron's going at the chicken. Stuff like that is just brilliant. <laughs> like, you can't... Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he's got making. the drumsticks. <laughs> But that's what's
1: good about this then, one as
0: well is because they're kids, like, you just get to do funny stuff like that and it not be, like, ridiculous, you know? You get away yeah. with a lot more, a lot of random comedic stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, like, you get the iconic line, it's like, I wouldn't want to die, or worse, expelled. Like, they do they do riff a lot, but, yeah, Harry and Ron get to do a lot of the fun stuff, like, the one-liners. Can we agree that, like, the worst scene in this is the, the wizard's chess, Like the the montage editing the dissolve effects into kids reaction shots just shaking their head. In I disappointment. don't agree. <laughs> it's is. so poorly it's done. It's so funny. I like it. <laughs> okay, what would you say the worst scene is then?
0: There's no bad scenes in this film. Surely, I don't watch this. I didn't watch this and go that was bad at any point. I was just like, this is this <laughs> film. That was the
1: only time I did it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. That was intense. I remember it was intense to me as a kid. Mm. Uh, but I was always like, why is Ron so hurt if he didn't even get stabbed by the chest piece? <laughs> like, that was what I, I wanted <laughs> to do when he, I was a kid. He
1: just fell. He fell like four feet. <laughs> and he went, Rarrr! Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, imagine being like literally any other year in relation to Harry Potter. He'd be so annoying. Your whole existence mm. is so irrelevant. Like, the okay. fact that...
0: I think about, like, the points, you know. Like, Dumbledore comes along and gives him, like, all these points <laughs> because he's got a soft spot for Harry. Like, that's... Such a dog he act.
1: Yeah, he does kind of ruin the whole thing. They also, like, lost 50 points for being caught out or something. Like, when they're out of bed. 50 points each when, or whatever, yeah. When the last time they only lost 5 points for something. The attacking the troll, yeah. Yeah, I thought the troll... I feel like you should get in a lot of trouble for it taking on a troll, it's right? It's very arbitrary.
0: And doesn't, like... Don't you get points for, like, winning the Quidditch Cup and stuff as well?
1: Yeah, they don't. they don't even explain the points, I didn't realize, but you just hear about these hypothetical points and then the payoff happens at the end. Did you notice that?
0: But it's cool how everyone, like, is so invested in their school. Like, mm. they really want to win. But, I mean, if yeah. like, you're in Wizarding School, I'd probably really want to
1: win as well. I feel like um, the house that really gets unfairly treated by... I think it's Harry Potter as a whole, but the movies particularly, has to be Hufflepuff, right? Mm. Like, they do sort of market all the other houses to some extent, like... I the, for some reason people want to be slither and be all cheeky and stuff like that. And then Ravenclaw is, you know, meant to be smart. Smart, yeah. And then Hufflepuff really gets the short end of Hufflepuff's the Hufflepuff's
0: uh, like loyal or something. Not even loyal. It's something like
1: like Gryffindor's trait. <laughs> like what what do you have?
0: Hufflepuff's like nice guy.
1: Yeah, but like I feel like with knowing nothing about Hufflepuff, I feel like Hufflepuff is like the third guy in your group, <laughs> he's not the, he's not the coolest guy. He's not like got the best quips or anything like that. But anyway, then they get. I guess they give him rub pat, but it's really pinning a lot on one guy, isn't it?
0: Then he doesn't stick around very, very long.
1: Hmm. I think I think that what sort of appears is that like this is a film that's not very marked by its director and its world creation. Do you know what I mean? Like it's
0: like vo- it's like loyal to the books, you know. It's like the quality of this film kind of is directly related to the book, and I, I think the best thing about this film is it captures maybe the magic of the book, and that's the kind of best praise you can give it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's got to do with the kids as well, right? Like, well, and the casting in general, because I don't think anyone's poorly casted in this one, which is mm. quite an achievement. Um, I think it like they casted people who are really like. Uh, sort of like a Coen Brothers thing Like they look Larger than life Like very Everyone's got very expressive faces You know Like um, Uncle Vernon And What about Petunia's little monologue Yeah the, the house I remember that like-
0: <laughs> Yeah It's so dramatic And I even remember as a kid That kind of Set, set out to me The way she like yeah. Kind of like spat When she was speaking or Yeah no
1: It's savage Um, And like Hagrid is like Just amazing Obviously you know just seems like the nicest bloke ever. And, yeah. Imagine if it was Robin Williams and he's like, look at my dragon. I found a dragon. Oh, what are we going to do with a dragon?
0: <laughs> it would have been weird and it would have felt like Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: Yeah. So actually, this is a Harry Potter question. Uh, do you think we will see Harry Potter films rebooted in our lifetime?
0: Yeah. It depends how long our life, if we have a normal adult lifetime. Whether we meet an early demise. Thanks, climate change. Anyway. <laughs> but if we don't, it's surely by the time we're 40 or 50, there'll be another one. Because... How long? I don't, it's not like the Fantastic Beast films are like people are loving them. I imagine they're making lots of money, but I haven't seen either of them. Um, and I imagine that they're a bit...
1: Yeah, even thinking about that, 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 that sort of highlights that um, I think the whole everyone's British thing is actually really good about Harry Potter. I hadn't noticed, and I wouldn't have thought that, but, like... Are
0: they all Americans in... Are there Americans in the new one?
1: I guess. Yeah, because Johnny Depp's in it, and he's, like... I don't know. I don't like seeing Johnny Depp. He's That's probably a controversial take.
0: But no, but I agree with you. I mean, obviously, there's, like, the whole... You know, you could, ima- like, literally imagine Tim Burton doing Harry Potter, and, and you're just, like, I don't want to see that, you know?
1: <laughs> I don't want to see that.
0: Nobody, nobody wants
1: to see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm... I'm interested. Will they just like remake? I don't know. Is there anything like this though? Because like Batman, they've remake it and it doesn't matter. Um, I don't like. They probably can't remake Star Wars. They just keep expanding on it, right? Um, You
0: feel like they would have remade Star Wars by now, especially because they effectively did remake Star Wars, but with new films. So it's like they've kind of ruined that for themselves.
1: Um, I yeah. I I don't think you could remake Star Wars though, because the ones that you'd remake are the ones that everyone loves in the first place.
0: Yeah, but like eventually, you know, give it enough time and those people will like die off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready to see CG Ewoks, basically. But I mean,
0: like for example, like if we're talking about Planet of the Apes earlier, Planet of the Apes originally is quite old, and then there was was a reboot. Very famous. There was a reboot in our lifetime with Tim, um, Tim Burton, which we didn't even know about, and then there's obviously the recent ones as well. So it's like, yes, it'll definitely happen. It's all it's all inevitable. Mm. You know, it'll, it'll become like, maybe it's, it, I think what's difficult about it is the fact that seven books or whatever, and it's a bit, you can't really. It's a big commitment. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's quite possible. Maybe they'll try it again and get through one film, you know, I could yeah. see that happening.
1: Yeah. Cause people would just be like, I preferred the originals. Right.
0: But like, um, who could be bothered doing a whole seven more Harry Potters? Like uh, eventually. Yeah. Sure. But it's a big thing. Like when they reboot a superhero, they don't have to do seven
1: films, you know? Mm, you can pick it up where you want to. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't... I suppose what talking about this has made me realize is that Harry Potter does stand on, like, rarefied ground. Um, like, it is the only sort of one that... It's the only one that's so long, that's so well-loved, that's, that's such, like, directly from a book sort of thing. Yeah, I guess I hadn't given Harry Potter the credit for being as unique as it is. I think we're running out I think of time. That, yeah, I think that's the that's time.
0: The pre-buzzer-buzzer. Alright. Big Tombo. What did you like about this film?
1: I thought the set design, costume in, acting... Uh, well, set design, costume in, first of all, are just really, really well done. This feels like a livable, lived in, breathed in Harry Potter world. Um, the sets are... Epic enough, they're large scale. And you never feel like any corners are being cut in reproducing the Harry Potter world. So, first of all, this is a film that uses its big budget fantastically. I think the performances and casting are fantastic as well. Um, the the kids are obviously just amazing, very likable, very easy to watch, and you know, good comedic time and all that stuff. Um I love the music. The music is classic. Set the the franchise in motion. That song is so memorable now. Yeah.
0: Um, What would you change? If anything, if possible.
1: How would I change this film? Obviously, it has broken my rule. It goes for two and a half hours. Um, The only thing... Like, I don't even know if I'd do this change, but I'd think about it, is... Like the opening still feels sort of long, like the part where they they go to the island and stuff like that. Obviously it's an important Harry Potter scene. And they've already cut it so short, like it's it's shortened it's longer in the book. Like they ride around and drive around stuff. I would consider if there's a way we can kick the action off a little faster. Oh, and I think I'd make actually this come to mind now. I think I'd make the Quirrell showdown better. It's it's very underwhelming. Um There's flames everywhere, but, like, that whole ending is more about the things that led to Quirrell than Quirrell itself. So, I'd like to see a little bit more mind games or something like that.
0: The thing is, like, Quirrell actually has potential to have, like, an interesting story. And, like, I vaguely remember them talking about how that happens in the book.
1: He goes to Um, Romania and then gets attached to by Voldemort. But I don't think that existed yet. I think that comes up later.
0: Yeah, but I just think, you know... That it's a cool he's just like a bit of a useless character
1: you kind of could have opened the film with that but like yeah. if everyone knew who Harry Potter was I suppose that no I think it could work right if you saw this guy like meet Voldemort in Shadow and Secret I guess and stuff it, yeah, if,
0: it, if it wasn't written but maybe in the remake that's what they do just like how Game of Thrones opened or whatever I guess had that open with like White Walkers or something I mean, they don't come around till much later.
1: I I've purged my memory of Game of Thrones. Just kidding! Classic it was a really good series. <laughs> it's no Barry. It's no Barry.
0: Oh yeah, what are we doing,
1: Barry? The real, the real HBO <laughs> the greatest HBO show of all time, Barry.
0: Um. All right, I think that's your critiques done. What What would you rate it?
1: This is such a hard film to rate, really, Um, because I feel like I'm about to get roasted because, like, I've praised so much about it Um, and I haven't really trash-talked anything. Um, I think what what could happen here is that you think about the other Harry Potters and you think about which Harry Potters you prefer and then, like, because I still think, like, with the Harry Potter stories themselves, you still have a favourite Harry Potter story, right? Like, a favourite book. And, yeah. So, I think I want to give Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone four stars.
0: Um... I don't know. The thing is, like, as opposed to all the other films we've done so far, I didn't even bother, like, thinking up a star rating for this. So I was like, honestly, how I feel at the end of the talking about it, <laughs> what I want to rate it. And I'm also aware that I'm giving lots of positive ratings. You know, but I'd have the to say... The viewers,
1: like, they're, they're really mad. They just haven't stopped blowing up our Instagrams. and.
0: But, I mean, also part of this is picking films that I think we're we'll we kind of think we might like as well
1: well this was us going commercial we needed to to reach the masses we need to we ostracize them yeah basically
0: um, but yeah I mean I think I'll give it a, I have to give it a four as well like mm. it's just like the war it's like so so warm you know it just like fills a spot in my heart and it's like perfect and I wouldn't touch it and it's not like I'm obsessed with it and I'd watch it every day but it's like I really enjoyed coming back to it and
1: yeah I don't think you can undermine how rewatchable it is when in theory it should maybe not be re- as rewatchable you know
0: yeah because I, I think a lot of these things you do revisit and they're kind of crap and like um, the acting's bad or like the story is obviously super weak and this one kind of holds up there's I normally
1: I feel like there's normally a character who just fails you know like someone who's important to the plot that just doesn't deliver
0: Mm, and I think it can get annoying watching kids, like, child actors. Like, when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, cool, but maybe you're an adult and you watch them and you're like, that's just an obnoxious, an, an obnoxious child, so...
1: Yeah, they look like the, the cocky theatre kids, sort of, mm. but, like, the kids here are really unpretentious. Like, I don't think it can be understated how good Daniel Radcliffe is, you know what I mean?
0: I'm actually looking forward to doing more. I don't know if you want to do seven of them, but I would like to do them and I think this has to be a thing where we get other people on the show because Harry Potter is so universal that I think that from now on if we do a Harry Potter we need to have a guest Um, yeah well I think we're wrapping up do you want to plug yourself
1: yes so um, please follow me or you know if you want to (laughs) to.
0: I'm literally begging you
1: (laughs) thanks (laughs) Oh. <laughs> that wasn't even a good joke. Anyway, so I was counting my me? followers the other day and I was like, there's 55. And then Nick was like, yeah, 55. I counted them myself. And then I was like, there used to be 56. This need, is I literally
0: me checking, checking good brother when I, when I don't post for, for like two months. It's like every couple of weeks I lose one person.
1: Anyway, yeah, so... Follow me on Letterboxd, Lil Silky, L A L S I L K Y. Uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, official Lil, official Lil Silky, I think. But it's a private account, so I probably won't follow you back. Good brother.
0: Follow me on Instagram at I'm Good Brother. I think that by the time this comes out, we probably will be have music have music out which we could probably say around the first episode, but by this point, there'll definitely be music out and there may be also more music coming out. But yeah, I think we're really hopefully going to be gearing up soon. So
1: Yeah, this is the... That's what this whole podcast was in the first place, promotional material for the uh, Ego Problem project. As we like to say on the show, suck eggs. This has been another classic. Another classic or a fresh one we knew what we wanted, you'd be useless Tell us what's in, tell us who's done